Hello, hello, friends. It's your girl, Dorian, back with another episode of The Freedom Code. Thank you for tuning in today for another episode. I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring this story forward and share this journey of mine because it's so close to my heart. And one of my teachers shares with me that there's some things that should just be kept between you and spirit. And I'll explain that a little more in a bit, but I get so many questions about it. People want to know so badly. And I think it is beautiful to be able to share magical pieces of our stories and, you know, working with plants and plant medicines throughout my life has been so catalyzing for me in my own journey to love myself and I've had a little bit of a hesitation to come out and speak around plant medicine because just in my own experience, you know, I've come from a very conservative background. And when I started, you know, stepping into those things, I was not in a place where I felt accepted in the groups that I was hanging out with and doing those things. It felt a little bit weird and taboo. And there wasn't all this like Netflix open how it is now, which is amazing that the world is opening to the power of plant medicine and psychedelics. So yeah, so I went into the jungles of Peru for a month to study diet with um, a curandero of the Shipibo lineage, Don Miguel, and they work with the plant called ayahuasca which is a plant medicine and if you don't know about it I just suggest a quick google search but you know the idea is you go into a ceremonial setting and the curandero kind of leads this ceremony for you and you're going into what I believe to be the the unseen realms which you could look at as your subconscious. I see it as a doorway between the subconscious and the spirit world. So you're drinking this medicine and it's opening up this doorway and the the curandero is is singing his Icaros, his his songs that are a technology really to work inside of you and move energy because music is is to me, the greatest healer. Music to me is just as powerful as any medicine, if not more powerful. It is vibration and it moves energy. So, and you can feel it too. Like when I would be sitting in these ceremonies, I would be feeling okay, right? I'm having a fine time. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I'm ready to throw up. And I look and he's actually turned his body and he's singing at me. So there is purging that happens and it's it's a part of the cleansing process it's a part of the healing process you know to release things we're energetically releasing it and we are actually physically releasing it yeah it's a it's it's a medicine for for healing it's a medicine for clearing yourself of old energy and a, a way to really communicate with with what i would call god and just to say it up front, you know, I'm going to speak a lot of beautiful things about this journey, but it was not like this mystical, beautiful, perfect experience. You know, it was it was heavy. It was dark. 
it was difficult. You know, it's it's physically taxing on your body. I was living in a place that had rats running around my room. Like I had a rat eat through my clothes. And, um, you know, I was flicking cockroaches off of myself in the ceremony with my feather fan, just like, shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's warrior's work out there. And you, you know, you go into ceremony, you fast, you wake up the next day, you do a purge, you do another vomitivo with these plants that just keep, you know, as if you didn't throw up enough the night before. And I don't think everybody has to go do ayahuasca. I think there's many ways to get the same messages through different forms that are less intense. I can experience these same messages just through the dream realms that I would get in a deep plant medicine ceremony if I'm dedicated enough to my dreams. I can receive the same messages through meditation. Like there's other ways that we can receive the same information through different modalities and different practices with less intensity. Yeah, so I'm 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 excited to be able to share my story. And I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to share our stories with each other and remind each other of the magic that exists. And I think there is something powerful about letting things really soak in before we go out and start sharing it because I think that can be almost, it can dilute the process because think about it, these experiences we have for those of us who are, you know, maybe on the spiritual journey and go and do these plant medicines or, you know, other forms of transcendental experiences it's like we can have these major downloads and trying to distill a beautiful lesson that is like at the level of of spirit right it's like it's not densified yet and when we put it into words and we try and conceptualize it with our mind and our intellect we're we're having to break it down essentially, and make it more digestible, right? For our brains to understand something that is so indescribable. So, you know, I think it's important we keep certain things to ourselves on these journeys and not rush out to go let everybody know with the world because everybody should know, which I've, I've wanted to do, but I'm really trying to be less in my mind and yeah so that's also something I want to bring here like if you are on these journeys the importance of of letting these things just like bloom inside of you because for me what I've felt is as the time has gone on since my experience which has been a bit over a year now there's a blooming that happens inside you with these things and not to say it can't bloom if you share it but to me the less that I try and quantify and analyze and make sense and talk about it, the more that it stays with me. And so I'm not going to share everything from my journey, but I will share some of the magic. So yeah, I went to the Amazon jungle, a place I've been dreaming about since I was seven years old. I always knew for some, that something was there for me 
Little did I know what it was. And so about a bit over a year ago, I journeyed down there and I'd heard about this, this tree, this tree, the, the, the tree of light. And so I was drawn there because of this tree which ended up becoming my master plant, which I will, I'll talk more about later. But I was drawn to this tree and I had been using plant medicine for my own healing for years. So I felt like I was ready to go deeper and I wanted to immerse myself deeper into the practices of some of these indigenous cultures that work with these plants and so I decided to do a traditional master plant dieta with a curandero from the Shipibo tribe and so a master plant dieta what is what's a master plant dieta so in this tradition you take time to work with a specific plant and commune with it and communicate with it. And the idea is that different plants have different properties and personalities. So not only can plants be helpful for us on a physical level of like, okay, um, rosemary can help me relax, for example. There is also energetic qualities that it can help us in a spiritual sense. And these don't have to be psychedelic plants. You can, you can, begin this process with any plant like a rose or rosemary or lavender and begin to communicate with these plants and when you are in a traditional dieta process you know you're only really taking in the energy of this plant and that is why you abstain from sex you're not eating salt you're not eating flavor you cut out a lot of food. I was just eating like very plain rice and maybe some river fish here and there, but it was very, very plain. And I would be fasting a lot because the, and no phone, right? Like no technology. When you purify yourself and you don't have all of this outside stimulation that we have are, are bombarded with on a daily basis in our Western cultures when we're just on our phone, when we're consuming a podcast in the car, when we're, you know, eating whatever we want as we're rushing out of the house. Like we have so much stimulation that our ability to really tune in with the subtle energetic realms has really been kind of like cut off, you could say. But all of us have that capability. We are, we all have that ability to uh, perceive these different things outside of ourselves like a radio waves but we just we haven't we don't have them tuned and that's kind of what I how I see it when I go and I diet and I shut off from all of these different outside things and I get really quiet and still with myself I can start to turn on those senses where I can receive more and through the dreaming, through the little signs and symbols that come up throughout the day and begin to actually perceive some of these messages that are coming forth from the plants. But the process is, you know, it's not just easy right off the start because the mind is very loud. You know, I'm sure you've heard of Vipassana retreats when you try and go in silence for 
a week and just meditate, the amount of struggle that people go through, it's like people don't make it. A lot of most people don't make it through that because we have to deal with all of the processes of our mind that we're not necessarily realizing when we're in so much distraction day to day. So I don't want to make it sound so poetic like you just shut off your phone and go into the jungle and then you're just like receiving all these messages. And I think to truly receive the amount of power from these things requires like months and years and years of dedication, which is why um, the it's so amazing to go and get to learn from a lineage of people who have been doing this. And yeah, my, my curandero was Don Miguel and big shout out to him and his family for being so kind to want to share these traditions and his Icaros with us. Like I feel so blessed to have been able to, to be able to receive these traditions because not everybody um, is willing to share for good reason. There's been so much colonization, so much extraction, And that's also something I just want to touch on, extraction. You know, it's important if we go out and we learn from these cultures, not to just take from our own and profit off of it in any way, like without really making sure we're being in reciprocity to uh, the people that we learn from. And I will say at the same time, it's important to remember that this wisdom, it's earth-based. So it's from the earth itself. And so all of us at one point before... The, the colonization era, we were all connected to the land. We all had ancestors that were connected to the earth and had their own traditions and ways of shamanic practices of communicating with realms of the unseen. And so it is very powerful to be able to connect with cultures who are still connected with these things. And I think it's beautiful to try and find ways to also connect to our own ancestry. And I know for me, I have connections to like the Druid and Celtic spirituality. So that's been a current exploration for me is trying to find ways to reconnect to some of these traditions within my own lineage. So thank you, Don Miguel and his family for just being so kind and in integrity with the work. And it's important I mention that there are a lot of people that are out of integrity with the work and are doing shady stuff in the indigenous cultures down there, in the people that are serving it in other places in the world. So just please be cautious. Don't just trust anyone. But my teacher was actually in isolation for two years, which is not a lot compared to many people, but he was in isolation for two years and, you know, abstaining from all these things. And he built a relationship with this plant called Shirachaki. And we would hear this almost like laugh, kind of bird sound that would come through the jungle. And legend has it, he says that is Chirachaki. And, it, and that sound would follow, has followed him He'd never heard it before, and it followed him since he left his um, his isolation dieta with Chirachaki. And the legend has it that the people that did this for 20 years or 30 years were able to shapeshift into other criaturas in the jungle. 
So, you know, I don't know. I don't really know about these things, but I, I do know that there were a lot of strange things that happened out there that didn't really line up with logic. So I think there is something also to say about the power of what's actually going on when you are devoting yourself to something. Because yes, we're, we're clearing our vessels to receive, you know, we're going into these cleansing processes, taking plants to, you know, purge and cleanse and saunas and just all of these things to clear us ourselves. But also I think the most important part of the process is the devotional aspect to devote yourself to something, devote yourself to something outside of yourself. And in this case, it's the plants. And I think no matter what we devote ourselves to, if we put enough energy and love and belief into anything, that magic will happen. And I think that's what a lot of traditional or religious people have seen over the years, the people that have put the time, energy, and effort into anything is you, when you give your energy to something, it will kind of start to animate. And so I think that is the power of love when we can give our attention and devotion to, to something. It just says a lot with what can happen when we, when we have that time and devotion because I don't think it's possible to receive from these plants without, without a true dedication, belief, and devotion. And that's what they teach you. And, you know, so for, for the month I was making little bouquets in the garden and bringing it to my master plant, my tree, and singing its songs and writing its songs. And it felt, there was a, you know, in the beginning it felt very strange and I doubted it. But the more that I trusted, the more that I put my energy into it, the more that I started to receive. So I had actually heard about Noya Rao, this plant spirit, years and years and years ago before I ever even had taken ayahuasca and it rang a bell in my mind. I was like, this, this is something I'm supposed to know about and stars aligned and I found this place uh, about a year and a half ago and they had a tree on their land and Noya Rao is a tree. They call it the tree of light also called the flying tree and they say there's only five in the amazon so when these leaves fall off this tree when they hit the ground they will start to glow and it's this bioluminescence that happens particularly from this tree and i got to go and meet this tree and be with this tree and see it for my own eyes. And we walked into the jungle at night and we turn off all of our lights. And then when our eyes adjust, you know, we look at the ground and you see just speckles, speckles that look like stars. So you look up in the sky and you see the stars and you look down at your feet and you see the same thing. And it's like this mirror reflection of stars in the earth and stars in the sky. And I get chills just thinking about it. So what did I learn? So a lot of these 
journeys for me were these ayahuasca journeys when I would go into them. They were very, very dark and revealing of the shadows that exist within myself and within the human collective because, you know, it is the medicine of light. It's the tree of light. So the light, the quality of light cuts through darkness. And so when you have light, what happens? You shine it into all the dark corners and that seems to the quality that seems to be a commonality in the personality of what the medicine of Noya Rao is. And you know, Noya Rao is not a psychedelic plant. I mean, it's a tree. It's not like you drink it and you feel something. These these master plants are subtle to really access the personalities and the spiritual gifts that these plants have to offer and the messages they're just requires time deep devotion and really deep listening and help of the portal openers like ayahuasca but there is this common understanding in many cultures with many different things around the world and i know in the celtic and druid traditions they believed that the the oak this tree was the doorway to the spirit world. And I know I've talked to Native Americans who have said the trees are like these antennas to the spirit world. So it's interesting to see these commonalities in all of these different parts of the world and how people receive all of this very similar information, even when there was no contact with a lot of these different places. A lot of these, these truths will are, are the same. So my experience with the tree of light i remember more than once i would be nights where i was not you know not consuming any medicines i would be woken up by somebody shining a bright light in my face and i would be like almost like ah like it was almost painful and i'd open my eyes and it would just be pitch darkness there was no light You know, we didn't have electricity in the middle of the night in the jungle. I'd be convinced there was somebody standing over me with a flashlight, but when I would open my eyes, there was nothing. And I went and I asked one of my facilitators about this, and he said to me, he said, yes, that's Noya Rao. Noya Rao does this. And you know, there aren't words in logic to these experiences because they surpass, they surpass the realm of logic. Spirit, the realm of spirit surpasses understanding of our intellectual mind. And so this, this, this tree in my ayahuasca journeys, it was, you know, it was that light that cuts through the darkness. And it reminds me of that mantra, Waheguru, Waheguru means, wow, when light cuts through darkness, I'm in awe. Like, wow, the light that cuts through the darkness. And for me, I felt like that ended up being a metaphor for the entire journey that I went on and what I learned. And I think what Noya Rao really taught me was transparency, shining the light through the darkness to see in the dark how to go into the shadowiest shadows 
but not fear it and actually being able to meet it with love. And I feel like this is going to get really dense, this material, and it's it's a lot. So just to say it up front, this, these are hard things to really conceptualize and put into words, but I'm going to do my best. But a lot of the journeys for me were about going into the really dark, shadowy aspects of humanity because that is the quality of light. It's light cuts through darkness. We shine the light in the shadows and what's going on in the unconscious, in the unseen, in the darker parts of humanity. I went into the jail system. I went into sex trafficking and had to meet like the most horrid archetypes that are existing within the human experience. And one of the reasons I think it brought some of this forward was just because, you know, I was asking for purpose and I've struggled with apathy in my life. So one of the reasons it brought me these things was like, look, we can serve the collective. We can be of service through your purpose, through your actions, through your gifts. And so it brought me a deeper sense of fire and passion to really have to face like this stuff happens and there is so much complacency in the world we accept so much we let so many things happen and of course we can't all go out and heal the entire planet and fix everything at once so this is a very nuanced conversation and on another paradoxical level one could argue that nothing needs fixing and everything is perfect but for me that was a big reason i think it was brought forward towards me because it was it was a piece that was facilitating this deeper fire and passion inside of me that I was really asking to cultivate. And also what it was showing me was that when it would shine the light on these things and right, so there was the darker aspects of humanity. And then there was also, it would shine the light on the darker aspects of myself. Like it would be this light coming from the tree and it would be shining so bright, like the sun of God, like it was the energy of a star though that would just cut through and it would shine and it would be like, oh my gosh, it's too bright. I don't want to look. And it'd be like, you don't want to look. And I'd, and I would see, and it's like, oh, there I am. there's the pieces of me that judge people for things that I actually am too. And so it was, it was, the, the journey for me and the journeys were a lot about the human shadow, the collective shadow, and then also getting to observe some of the pieces of shadow within myself. And, you know, there's this, um, there's a, we've been kind of taught, I think, to run from our shadows. And I think a lot of the people, like the reasons why, people don't really want to own up to their own stuff is because shame is one of the worst experiences a human can go through because we think that if we've done something wrong that we should be shamed and that we, that it means that we're bad and shame is a tactic of psychological warfare and it keeps people under control and it was one of the tactics that has been used by our governments, by the churches to keep people from really recognizing their power because if you can shame people, then you can control people. Because I recognized in my own deep processes of shame spirals that when you're in shame, you don't believe you're worthy of getting out of there. But the truth is that that's an illusion and that we are all worthy of 
forgiveness and love and we are love and shame isn't who we are and we might have a part of ourselves that you know is connected to shame but that is not the inherent makeup of who we are we are pure source divinity shame is this matrix of a loophole that keeps us thinking that we you know we don't deserve love and that we need to be punished but really it showed me that we can go into the darkness, we can see our ugliness and we can own it and take responsibility and change, but that doesn't mean we withhold love from ourselves in the process. And a lot of people in the spiritual community, I think this is a, there's a, this big topic in spiritual bypassing, you know, and people are always shaming light workers. They're like, it's not all love and light all the time. But my understanding and my invitation to that that conversation is well from all of my own experiences it's actually our job to stay connected to the love and stay connected to the light and that doesn't mean we deny the aspects of humanity that are darkness that need change that need ownership it doesn't mean we deny our anger and don't let ourselves feel the anger because I know too it's important to move these these emotions through our bodies and there is reason for anger, there's reason for for jealousy, there's reason for all these emotions and it doesn't mean we deny them and pretend like they don't exist and that we're better than that, but rather it's like can I admit, own, but do so with my love because the love is the ultimate healer. It doesn't mean that we deny responsibility when we meet things with love. And I think some people think that, I think where we're distorted is, is we think that in order to make somebody responsible for something and hold somebody accountable, that we need to withhold our love from them. But I truly believe that that is where most of the evil in humanity, in humanity manifests. Like I've done my own research on Hitler we're going down a rabbit hole here just for a second. But I, w- I was curious. I was like, what happened to this person in his childhood? And from what I saw, his father shamed him for, for his unique expression. And he was more of an artist type. And that that shame, that and he, that abuse is what led to the horrible, evil things that happened. And so what would happen if we if we if if hitler had learned to the parts of his his self that he was ashamed of what if he had learned the tools to actually not make himself wrong and not judge himself and judge others and shame an entire population of people as a result of that what would happen if there was more love from his father? What would have happened if there was more love for himself? Because I've learned if I can love every dark part of myself and have more compassion for all aspects of myself naturally without even trying, that will ripple out into the way that I interact in the world. As within, so without, I have directly experienced it as I've worked with some of these tools that I've been cultivating in my my coaching tools over the past year 
um, as I as I guide myself through some of these deeper shadow integration practices and compassionate practices naturally in my life, I don't even have to think about treating people nice. And naturally the people that I might get really annoyed with and have short tempers with in my family, like naturally I will have more capacity, more love and more compassion for them because I'm doing that inner work in myself. So this this very popular quote of you have to do the inner work to love people outside of it's true like that is true and i've experienced that don't mean that i'm doing it all the time i'm not perfect hell no but i have the tools and so i'm really grateful that noya rao was able to gift me this this gift of seeing in the dark transparency self-honesty and to me the, these are the these are the codes to freedom this these are these are codes of the freedom code of of freeing ourself because really at the core of us all these behind all these different parts that have kind of split off from our own our own traumas and programs of humanity that's been instilled in us which is where these quote-unquote shadow pieces come from there is just a pure loving core and that's really a big part of the work that I do with people is helping people get in touch with that and learn how to free themselves through these, these practices of deep self-work and going into some of our shadow aspects to really free ourselves, our expression, give ourselves deeper sense of self-trust and integrity in our life and so it's it's interesting that I feel like a lot of the themes that I'm bringing to this podcast um, are kind of yeah just bubbling in this this theme of of yeah shining light into darkness and transparency and it's funny too because I've uh, I, I looked at my gene key profile and of course my life purpose is transparency so it's a big part of why i'm here from dishonesty to to intimacy to transparency i am doing the work to come into deeper transparency with myself and hopefully by sharing some of these journeys of my shadow aspects of myself with you guys by being transparent i can inspire you to be more transparent with yourself and yeah if you feel called to work with me please reach out I am doing I'm never going to do this again but I am offering one free month of coaching with me for the month of January 2023 um so if that interests you and you feel a call please reach out it's it's a really great opportunity that I won't be giving again so if this podcast um impacted you in any way please share it with a friend please post it on your story it would mean so much just in exchange for me pouring my heart out um it would be such a gift to me and yeah if you have any feedback please dm me um my my instagram accounts are linked in in the bio um as of now my handle is at dorian d-o-r-i-i-a-n and i will also have my separate podcasting instagram account but i'll probably be more active on my 
on the account with my name in it. So thank you for sitting with me through all of the many twists and turns that this recording was. Um, Yeah, it was very dense and there's a lot there. So if you stuck around this long, um, hats off. You are a true seeker like myself. I appreciate you for being here, for giving me your precious time, attention, and energy. It's our number one resource. Don't forget that. Please hydrate, nourish yourself, give yourself a brain break, and I'll catch you on the next episode.